have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! What's up, everybody? You're listening to Fanalist.pod. Sharmam Chandan here with you, joined by Yash Joshi and Rohan Niranjan on yet another NBA podcast. It has been 196 long days since the 2020-2021 NBA season has tipped off. And we are finally here, guys. The Suns and the Bucks in the NBA Finals. What are we thinking? I know that the Bucks, I think actually both these teams are pretty unexpected. Like, it's tough to say, like, you know, the Nets certainly seem like the title favorites all year long. And I'm really surprised to see both these teams here. I think... The Suns, obviously, are maybe one of the biggest final surprises we've had in a long time. And yeah, most people are crediting crediting to that to injuries. And yes, of course, the Suns have had injuries play a part in them getting a little bit lucky and playing easier teams along the way. But I think the Bucks, maybe they did get lucky, just like the Suns with their injuries, but they're a lot more... They were considered title contenders. I think when the season started, a lot of people had already talked about Giannis and his surrounding cast, especially after they made the trade for Drew Holiday, giving up three first round picks. The Bucks were all in. So I think we saw the Bucks as like the lower tier of title contenders. And now after the Nets lost Kyrie Irving, James Harden with one foot, they really had the chance to elevate their game. They got over those like game sevens and a couple of great performances by Kevin Durant. And now here they are in the NBA Finals. I think the X factor now in this series is like the big elephant in the room, Giannis's health. We all know that his hyperextended knee may keep him out. But, you know, I still think that the, the Bucks have a chance to make this a series until Giannis gets back. I think I was talking to Rohan about this, but if the Suns have at least like a 2-0, 3-1 lead before Giannis gets back in the series, it's a wrap. But if the Bucs can maybe salvage a game or two or keep it at like maybe 1-1 and then Giannis is back even at 80-90%, the Bucs can definitely win this series. I don't know about you guys, but what are you thinking, Rohan? Yeah, uh, I mean, just the matchup itself. No, if you told me a year ago that it would be Bucks and Suns in the finals, I would have told you you're crazy. But that's just kind of how the season's been with a lot of injuries and, you know, new players stepping up like Devin Booker, Trey Young, Giannis, you know, these like young stars um proving themselves in like their first couple of playoff runs but like you said yash um this is going to really depend on Giannis's health going forward uh, i just saw this morning that he was upgraded to questionable uh for game one so i think he's going to be a game time decision tonight still a couple hours before the game so we won't really know um before this podcast ends but uh yeah i think i think he has a good chance to play in game two so maybe if the Bucks can make it a game in game one. I don't say I don't necessarily say that this is a must win for them. I think the pressure is on the Suns for game one to win this game, especially without Giannis. Um, but if the Bucks can keep it close, that could be like really good momentum for them going in game two. Like, yeah, we kept this game close even without our star. Like, we can do this. Um, but there's gonna be a lot of key factors which I want to go over later. Uh, but yeah, this is just a good way to start previewing the series. Right. And, you know, perfect leeway into, you know, previewing this matchup. Um, fun fact, like every single player on either roster over here, they will be winning their first ring ever. So Chris Paul, I guess not everything's about you in your 16 year career and chasing that one ring that he covets so much. Um, but of course, Giannis, Chris Middleton, you know, so many names that we could just go over. Everyone's winning their first ring, whoever wins the championship this year. Wait, so every rotational player and even the bench owners, there's not a single. Yeah, 
there's not a single and the only and the the, here's the weird part about that too is that there's only one player that has been to the finals before and that's jay Jay crowder Crowder. on the suns and that was last year so uh, with the the miami heat funny that um, tory craig is gonna win a ring either way since he was on of course the bucks in the beginning of the season now he's on the sun so good for him oh tory craig (laughs) champion He's a champion, so I think Chris Paul's envious of that already. But, um, you know, these teams, they're basically in uncharted territory. You know, the last time the Bucks won a championship was 1971. The last time they were on the stage was 1974. Meanwhile, the Suns, um, they are chasing their first franchise championship. Uh, last time they were here was 1993, of course. So, you know, there's so much on the line over here. But I think I really want to get into these player legacies. Who is under more pressure to win a ring, Giannis or Chris Paul? On, I think this is Come interesting. <laughs> I mean, okay, first. okay. Well, well, it, it is actually pretty obvious to me. I'm going to say it's Chris Paul. I yeah. think it's Chris Paul because Giannis has the accolades of, hey, I've won two MVPs. I've won Defensive Player of the Year. I've won Most Improved Player of the Year. Let's keep my heel to 26. I don't believe this will be the last time Giannis will have a shot at winning the NBA championship. Chris Paul, on the contrary, you know, a lot to be said over there. Um, he's definitely on the latter half of his career. He has playing time left, despite what Rohan has to say about that. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I think that he has a couple of seasons left. You know, you can count it on one hand how many seasons Chris Paul has left in the NBA. So, um, you know, without a doubt to me, it is, you know, Chris Paul who has the most pressure to win a ring in this entire series amongst any player. But I feel like an argument could be made, and I feel like Yash is – inching towards Giannis so I'm going to give him a shot crack at it over here I think when you say pressure I think Giannis has more pressure but Chris Paul wants it more and I think people are rooting for Chris Paul to win more because he's at the tail end of his career but I'm going to use the same argument Sean just talked about Giannis but using it against it just because Giannis has the rings because or not the rings he has the MVPs he has the defensive player of the years Giannis is that guy you know we saw steph curry win two mvps and he got a ring with it we saw um kevin durant win an mvp and then he got the ring with it chris paul isn't an mvp caliber player he's an amazing player but i think he's a tier under that and Giannis, in the past two seasons where he won mvp he has come short in the postseason and now that the bucks are all in he signed that five-year extension they traded three first round picks away the Bucks are all in for this championship. And let's be honest, luck has tilted the Bucks way with the Nets going out, with the way the bracket turned and they have to play the Hawks and not the Sixers. So I think that this is the Bucks' best shot maybe in a couple in the next couple of years because let's be honest, if ne- next year the Nets are fully healthy, the Bucks may not make it to the final. So Giannis has a chance to put a wrap on it. This is his first ring in Milwaukee. He's fulfilled his duty to the cha- uh, city. They'll probably build him a statue if he does. And then he can just continue his career with Definitely. less pressure. Yash, wait one second. Why did you include the in Milwaukee and he's done everything? Like, are you insinuating he's going to leave? Because again, I'm, I'm not going over this with you guys, both of you. He's not coming to the Warriors. I, I'm not saying he's coming to the Warriors, <laughs> but I am saying like, like, like we saw what LeBron did. He tried his best in Cleveland to win a championship. And then he left to, uh, to Miami, won some, and then came back. But if Giannis already wins a couple in Milwaukee, there's no reason he has to leave. He's incentivized to stay. So I think that if the right. Bucks want him to stay in the long run, and I, when I say long run, I mean the next 20 years, because I think Giannis can still play for 10, 15 years at a high caliber level. Wow. Milwaukee wants to keep him there. And if he can win a ring 
now rather than later, it just helps him that much more. Yeah, I think that Giannis's legacy, if he wins this year, is like pretty much set. He'll have two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, and a ring, all at the age of twenty six. And that's like, I don't. I remember hearing seeing the stat that no one's really done that since like Kareem or something like that. So it would be crazy for Giannis to win this early in his career. Like most most stars, like even Steph, LeBron, like they didn't win until they're like 27, 28. So for Giannis to do this before the age of 26 or when he's 26 now, it would be absolutely wild. But I think going back to Sean's question, the pressure has to be on Chris Paul. Like, as you said, Sean, like you can count the number of seasons he has left on one hand. I think he has maybe maybe two more years, two good years left in him um, if he continues playing like this. So I think that this is his best chance to win. Um, you know, the Lakers weren't healthy. The Clippers weren't healthy. The Suns played extremely well, I agree. Um, but who knows next year? You know, like that every year is different. And I just feel like there won't be as ma- that, this many injuries next year. And the competition will, will steep up, um, especially against some of these like more seasoned players like Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis in the playoffs. I feel that maybe next year, if they were healthy, they could have beat the Suns team. So with the way that they've been playing at an elite level and luck going their way, Chris Paul has to be like, yeah, you know, this is my first chance, but I need to like make it count. I can't go down like this, especially since they're not facing a healthy Nets team, which I think would have smacked the Suns team. You know, they're facing like a not really healthy Bucks team. Giannis, not 100%, obviously. Um, They haven't been really been playing well from the three-point line, which is kind of their game in the regular season. So this is their best chance. I think the pressure is for sure on Chris Paul. Absolutely. You know, um, when it comes to players, I think pressure is on Chris Paul, but I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, there's no sugarcoating this. I think that when it comes to a team standpoint, Milwaukee is way more under pressure. The reason that I believe that is because although Chris Paul is the, I want to say oldest notable player um, in this entire series. I, I, I don't know if he's the oldest, but he's definitely the oldest, most notable player um, star that is playing. But Devin Booker is 24, DeAndre Ayton's 22. These guys got a lot, a lot left in them, a lot of basketball left in them. And if those two stick together in Phoenix, um, you know, with or without Chris Paul down the stretch, I think that they will have a crack in another championship. Meanwhile, Milwaukee, you know, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, I believe, are both over the age of 30 now. Giannis is the youngest of those three. So basically, with that being said, I think that the clock is definitely ticking in Milwaukee um, and not exactly on Giannis's career, but I feel like this team has more pressure on them to win a title, not just for Giannis's sake, but just for these seasoned veterans as well. You know, PJ Tucker as well as over there, um, very underrated name that, you know, we failed to mention earlier, but um, I think that Milwaukee has the most pressure, but from a player standpoint, it's Chris Paul for sure. Just one thing, Chris Middleton's 29. He's close, but he's not 30. Oh, my bad. I, th- I thought he was already 30. I, my apologies. Turns and 30 I th- in August. One month. Yeah, I don't know why. I thought for some reason, I thought that Chris Middleton was older than Drew Holiday. So it's completely on my bad. Casual. <laughs> um, no, but, John, you're definitely right. Like, I think Milwaukee is a core. Like, they're definitely older than the Young Suns core but we'll see what happens. Um, but what do you think about who's going to guard Chris Paul? I feel like Drew Holiday should take over. The, there's like there's like some uh, questions about whether Drew Holiday is going to guard Devin Booker. 
or whether he's going to guard Chris Paul. And I feel like Drew Holiday, Chris Paul matchup is like the most important thing in this is one of the most important things in the series. As I was talking about earlier with like some of the X factors that and just how the Bucks play the pick and roll that the Suns usually have, like Brooke Lopez usually plays uh, kind of farther back with the drop coverage um, compared to how previous teams have played the Suns pick and roll before. So I think that's going to be a huge thing to look out for in the series. And also, can the Bucks hit their threes? They've been shooting 31% on three-pointers this playoffs, which is, like, not good at all, especially since this team is, like, known for, like, their three-point shooting at least um, with players other than Giannis, you know? They have a lot of their rotational players who are, like, really good three-point shooters. So I think that they need to really step that up. But what do you guys think is the best matchup or X factor that we really need to look into for the series? Yeah, I mean, you're actually asking like two different questions over there because when it comes to the matchup, um, I'm definitely going with the Drew Holiday, Chris Paul. You know, Milwaukee likes using Drew Holiday as the guy to handle the ball handler, if that makes sense, or guard the ball handler. And that is nine out of 10 times going to be Chris Paul because I see Devin Booker playing off ball a lot more. And the thing is that Chris Paul plays the pick and roll to perfection nearly, you know, and against the bucks, they need to be very careful because once Deandre Ayton sets that screen and rolls around, Chris Paul can either give it to him based on a matchup, or he has so much of space against a guy like Brooke Lopez or Chris Middleton, no matter how tall they are, if he has a little bit of space. He can just step back, hit that mid range. That's clearly automatic for him. So I think that drew holiday and Chris Paul, that's going to set the tone for not only the sun's offense, but the bucks defense as well. Um, you know, it's also worth noting that through 14 playoff games, Chris Paul has 122 assists to only 22 turnovers. So talk about his efficiency as well. Like he is literally the facilitator for the Suns team without him. Yeah, they can win, but they're just not as convincing of a team offensively um, without him on the floor. Um, I'm going to kick it off to Yashavir before we kind of loop around to other guys like, you know, Devin Booker and stuff like that. I think that Chris Paul, Chris Middleton matchups can be like key. But I also think that Rohan was touching upon an important concept in this series, and that's going to be the way the Bucks defend the PNR for the Suns. But I think that something, if I was Coach Bud, and I'm not sure if he's going to implement this, but I would put Giannis on DeAndre Ayton. We've seen Giannis handle the big lengthy players in this league. He didn't play it on Kevin Durant for some reason, but he is one of the better defenders on defending these long athletic players. And in the pick and roll, Brooke Lopez is just too slow to stop DeAndre Ayton if he's rolling or if he's just jumping for a lob. I think Giannis is a much def much better defender in that situation. And you can have Brooke Lopez defending someone like Mikal Bridges or Jake Crowder at the three-point line because it's a lot easier for him. So I think that if the Bucks are able to make some of these defensive rotations because the Suns play so fast and Brooke Lopez could be the person that's being kind of picked on or he's hunted on by that Suns offense, they have to be able to move this around or if it comes to this, take him out of the game and play small with Giannis at the five. They've had a lot of success playing Giannis at the five, but for some reason, uh, Coach Bud just hates using it. And in this case, with uh, DeAndre Ayton being so big, like I just talked about, I think that could be the key to the Bucks' victory if Giannis is able to, you know, if he's firstly able to play and if he's able to play at a high level to play against DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I think the pick and roll is going to be a big part of this series and it depends on like how well the Bucks can cover it. Like I, like you said, Josh, Brooke Lopez is kind of slow and he's um, been known to kind of like hang back towards the rim to block the path um, in the paint. 
But the problem with that is that Chris Paul is an amazing mid-range shooter, as we all know. So if Brooke Lopez hangs back during the pick and roll to guard the big, whether it's DeAndre Ayton, Dario Sarge, whoever it is, right? Um, it's going to leave room for Chris Paul to hit these wide open mid-range jumpers. And we know that he can get hot like he did in game six um, against the Clippers, where he scored 40 points, went insane seven for eight from three, and just hitting every mid-range shot possible. Um, but the other problem is if Brook Lopez comes up for the pick and roll, it leaves Chris Paul to make the pass DeAndre Ayton uh, at the rim to like Devin Booker in the corner, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, you know, there's so many options. So I think that is going to be a huge part in this Bucks defensive game plan. And it's going to be up to Coach Bud to see how he can adapt to that. We'll see game one, how hardly, like how hard they abuse that pick and roll and see if they can kind of like run Brook Lopez off the floor. But if Lopez can keep his like uh, keep up with it, especially if Giannis is in play, then that's a good sign for the Bucks going forward. Absolutely, and you know when it comes to like these X factors that we were you know kind of talking about before, um, I think that although Chris Ball will be the primary playmaker for the Suns, when it comes down to X factor, I'm going to pick Devin Booker. And uh, the reason I'm going with Devin Booker, of course, is that he is the Suns' top scorer. He is also my pick for finals MVP, um, have the Suns win. I guess I spoiled that. Um, I am picking the Suns to win this in six. So I guess we could kind of like rotate those predictions around. But I think that the reason is that, you know, Monty Williams, it's tough for him as a head coach to drop a game plan without having Devin Booker as a centerpiece of it. You know, um, he's averaged 27 points per game, shooting 44.4% from the field through 16 playoff games. This is inaugural playoff run as well that we know. So I just don't see him showing any signs of slowing down for the Suns offense. And when it comes to the Bucks as an X factor, I'm very inclined to obviously say Giannis, you know, his health, like Yash just mentioned earlier, his health is the number one big question mark in this matchup. And it's really the reason that I am steering away from picking the Bucks because that's just too big of an unknown um, when he comes back, how is he going to be when he comes back? I believe that he's not going to be hundred percent down the stretch. So that's why I'm picking Chris Middleton and Chris Middleton. He's averaged 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists in the last two playoff games with Giannis out. So if he can continue to, you know, carry this Bucks team and I don't want to say be a leader exactly, but with Giannis out, it's tough to see him in any other light. Um, but you know, with that being said, um, that is why I'm going to be picking the Suns because of Giannis' health being a big question mark. See, here's where I'm at. I think Chris Middleton is that guy in certain situations. We've seen him go 19 for like 25 and he'll hit like spinning step back threes that only my uh, prime MJ could hit. But then the next game, he'll go like one for 12 and shoot like break after break. And it's just so inconsistent with Chris Middleton. I can't rely on him to that much of a degree in the NBA finals. If it's the fourth quarter and he hasn't had that game and I need a bucket to win this game and maybe we're like tied to two and the winner of this goes up. I, I, I don't know if I can rely on Chris Middleton. Probably he's the guy that gets the ball because the Bucks don't have another reliable scorer besides Giannis. But he's just not that guy unless he's hot. When he's hot, he's like he's like Clay Thompson. No one's better than Clay when he's hot, but Chris Middleton is up there. But when he's not, Chris Middleton can be like so bad that he's a liability on offense. And I just don't know if the Bucks are able to survive that seesaw against a team like the Suns. So I think as much as I like the Bucks and I really do hope they win, my pick's going to be the Suns. And I think the Suns can finish it out in 
five if Giannis doesn't play and six if he does. Yeah, I'm with you there, Yash. I think that Chris Middleton versus Devin Booker, like the the two like number two stars, I guess, if you want to consider Chris Paul the number one on the Suns, I'm going to go Devin Booker all day. Like Sham said, it's just Middleton's inconsistency is like absolutely infuriating at times. Like I know he can go off but at the same time, like like Josh said, he can just be an absolute liability offensively. And in this in these playoffs, he's shooting 33% on three-pointers, which isn't great, but it's still better than the rest of the team, which is the problem. Without Giannis, um, this team isn't like that great offensively. They're very inconsistent. Holiday is 29% from three. PJ Tucker is also 29% from three. Pat Conte and Brooke Lopez are both 36 and 35, which is pretty good. But as a team, they need to be better shooting the three ball. I think that's going to be the huge difference in this series. If the Bucs can hit their threes, they have a good shot, especially without Giannis. You know, like they need to dominate the three-point line. But if they keep shooting like this, um, it's not going to be a good sign for them going forward, especially from the three-point line. Like we've seen the Suns go crazy. Like Chris Paul went seventh rate in game six. Devin Booker's always um, like a threat to score, just like start going off from three. And like you said, like Chris Middleton can be a microwave player. Like he can just start heating up, but it hasn't really been with that consistency. And I don't know if he can um, continue it over like a seven game series, especially without like with him being the number one offensive threat, he's going to have a lot of pressure on himself to keep doing that. And if Giannis isn't 100% healthy, which is which he isn't going to be, even if he's below 80%, I think mean, it's not a good sign for the Bucks going forward. So I don't know. This is really going to depend on Giannis's health. If he's 85% chance, I would give the Bucks a good shot to push the Suns to like six or seven. But if he just comes out super slow, um, inefficient, and then the rest of the team doesn't cover for him, it's not going to be a good sign. So that I'm going to go Suns in six too. Yeah. I think the weird part about all this is that, you know, we're focusing a lot on, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and then Giannis and Chris Middleton. But the weirdest way possible, guys, I think that, this series, I don't believe this, but statistically, this series, it could come down to Jay Crowder and Bobby Portis. And here, I'm going to read you guys some, it's it's a pretty interesting stat. So basically, both Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder, respectively of the Bucks and the Suns, they have each scored 11 points or more in seven playoff games this year. All right. Now, in those games, Milwaukee and Phoenix, they have a combined record of 13 and one. When and both those guys scored 11 or more. And the only loss came in the Bucks game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks when Trey went bonkers for like 40, 49 points. And that was also where Portis scored exactly 11 points. So when they've scored more than 11, they're 13-0, and 0, basically. So um, if you're a Bucks or Suns fan, start rooting for Bobby Portis or Jay Crowder to go off for at least 11 points in, in this series. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, both those players are like, I think they can be reliable positional players, rotational players when you need them. But Jay Crowder has been pretty inconsistent throughout these playoffs, as we've seen. Bobby Portis actually has been improving, uh, especially this regular season. He was actually uh, like, a, I believe, a 36, 37% three-point shooter which is pretty good for like a 6'10 big man. Um, and he was also like pulling his weight in the playoffs. So like Sean, that's like a good point that you brought up, um, especially for the Bucks. We'll see. Jay Crowder did it in the bubble last year, but so far this playoffs, it just hasn't looked the same for him. I think 
those are very solid role players and Bobby Portis is actually played very well for the Bucks like Rohan just talked about and I think Coach Bud has also realized that going deeper into the playoffs and he's slowly started to use him more. Jay Crowder is Jay Crowder. We know what he can do. He can he's he's a microwave as well. He can heat up, hit go five for five to start the game, and then he'll go for and then he'll go over ten to finish it. So he's like, you know, up in there, he's spotty, he's unreliable. But you know, you know, the stats don't lie. I mean, if they're 13 and 0 when they score eleven, I I, I guess we're just gonna be hoping that one of them right. scores. What happens when they both score eleven? Well, we'll we'll see. I guess I guess that in that case it's first first person eleven. First person eleven. First person okay. because what, what's actually really really crazy about that too is that both of these teams, when these guys have scored more than eleven points in this playoffs, right, they are dominating these games. Both the Suns and the Bucks have won by an average of seventeen points in those games. So, I'm not hoping that we're getting blowout like games over here. Whoever. It is between Crowder and Portis going crazy for like, let's say twelve points. But um, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's not, it's not going to be like that. Well, actually, another interesting stat that I have for you is that the Suns and the Bucks this series or this playoffs, when they're up ten by ten points, they're fourteen and one combined, and the only loss was the Bucks against the Nets. So if it is a double-digit lead. I don't think either of the teams are coming back because they're very good at maintaining them. So, you right. know, if either Bobby Portis or Jay Crowder start popping off, I think it's a wrap, for, at least for that game. <laughs> no, that's 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 pretty insane. But, I mean, you know, with that being said, like, let's just hope for some, like, crazy overtime games and stuff. But, again, I don't think any of us see this going past six games. Um, I think that Giannis should not be missing more than one game you know today he's a game time decision he is actually currently warming up on the floor as per malika andrews just tweeted literally right now uh, he has a protective sleeve over his injured knee and he's warming up so we're gonna see how that kind of plays out but even if he sits out tonight it's all just a really really good sign for game two and the rest of the series going forward but once again it's the biggest question mark and I'm honestly trusting DeAndre Ayton at 100% compared to Giannis at 80%. You know, the way that Ayton's been playing this playoffs has been phenomenal. And he's one of the few big men that I'll say that, you know, Giannis at 75% is honestly still arguably a top five big man. You know, there's no reason why you wouldn't want him. He's still a big dude. He still put it in, get rebounds. But the way that Ayton's been playing, it's you need Giannis at 100% to contain him or even shut him down for that matter. Yeah, I think I think Aiton is that guy. I don't know how well he's gonna fare against Giannis. We'll get to see. Hopefully, we'll get to see it. But I think Giannis again. He isn't like anyone that Aiton's played. He's played Jokic in an MVP candidate, but Jokic and Giannis are just so different. I'm I'm hoping that you know we can see an exquisite matchup there. Maybe even like something like a timeless moment, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and we see Giannis schooling Aiton. And then Aiden with like a chase down block. That'd be that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh I think it's gonna be interesting, like Sham said, Aiden has been absolutely insane this playoff run. But the way that Brooke Lopez and Giannis kind of play him, depending on who Bud puts on Aiden, especially to start off this series, is gonna be interesting to see. But we'll see what, what happens. I think until we see how Giannis is, especially it's gonna be interesting after we see tonight game one. 
assuming Giannis plays and we see how healthy or unhealthy he looks, that's going to be the trending factor and like the compass direction for the series. Absolutely. Yep. But if Chris Paul wins his ring, is he retiring, Rohan? Or <laughs> let's hope like, so. For my sake, for I my mean, sake. They're, they're, I'm just saying there have been rumors around the Knicks and stuff like that. If he doesn't reach that nice agreement with the Suns in the offseason, I, I think so. he'll, he'll opt out. Like he won't take his player option. He'll opt Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I, I think that. I think that. I think that he's going to go for that bag and. I believe that Phoenix will give it to him, but there's no doubt in my mind that I think that New York would probably give him more money, but right. Phoenix is he, definitely a better scenario. There's, yep. there's no doubt in my mind that he's resigning with Phoenix. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would he leave it team the first time he's ever made the finals? Exactly. He's not, he's not gonna retire after that. And he sure hell's Rohan. Sure not gonna leave the team. So yeah, no matter he, how much he's, he's gonna Knicks get one game. last He's gonna get one last contract. We'll see. I think I agree. I think he, sh- if he was smart, he would re-sign with Phoenix. But you never know with this dude. If he was smart, okay. I see, we we see how it is. I think <laughs> we just need to get Chris Paul on a podcast one time with Throw hey, on. I'm down. Just leave yeah. Just leave you two alone. Like we'll just Yash and I would just pop popcorn. Just just enjoy the show. I'm down. I, I'd love I'd love to talk to him about his career. <laughs> I, I want to talk to Chris Paul too, bro. So I'm set it, set, it, set it up, bro. Get the connections going. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll get that rolling. Hopefully he'll be a champion. He'll do all those interviews after. So we'll ask him about his retirement and what the plan is from then on out. But, that, that. You know, <laughs> but until then, that's all that we have for you guys for you today. We're going to keep up with these NBA finals previews and matchups, recaps, everything going for you at the finals.live on Instagram. Signing off for you. Sham over here with Rohan and Yash.